This is Witchcraft Off the Beaten Path. I'm Molly Dyer. The date of this podcast is September 2nd, 2020. Blessed full corn moon to you. If you're listening, wherever in the world you are, I hope you're staying safe and healthy and doing everything you possibly can to keep yourself and everyone you love safe from COVID-19. And if you're in the U.S., fuck Kyle Rittenhouse. Fuck 45, the Tangerine Palpatine, for supporting that little piece of shit domestic terrorist and defending his indefensible actions. Fuck Kenosha, Wisconsin Police Chief Daniel Miskinis. And fuck Kenosha County Sheriff David Beth. Power to the people. Black lives still matter. And fuck anybody who thinks it's okay to victim blame by bringing any of the shooting victims' criminal history into this conversation. That kid isn't the judge, the jury, or the executioner. Treat him for what he is. A murderer. A terrorist. Okay, stepping down from my soapbox. Today's topic is candle magic for beginners and advanced practitioners. I tried to make it sound a little Potter-esque, so don't judge me too harshly. I've been getting a lot of feedback about this podcast, uh, thank you very much, from new practitioners, more seasoned, longer-term practitioners, and those curious and still sort of mulling over the prospect of getting their warty green witch feet wet. But one of the most prevalent themes of the feedback I receive is on how-to podcasts. If I know how to do it, I have no problem talking about it. I've had a few requests for candle magic, so here we are. Within the pagan and witchcraft community, you've no doubt heard or seen requests from people requesting you light a candle for a person or situation. Please light a candle for my brother, or please light a candle for my wife that she'll get this promotion. Please light a candle that we get the house. I could be wrong about this, but I feel like sometimes, for some people, saying they're going to light a candle is just sort of a symbolic gesture and not a real thing that they're actually going to do. Now, I know a bunch of witches that if they say, I'm going to light a candle for you, they absolutely mean literally. It's not a symbolic gesture. It's a literal statement. I am one of those witches. If I'm not going to light a candle, I won't say that I'm going to. And yes, I go through a lot of candles that way. But that's okay. Candles are reasonably cheap, and I always have at least three of every color on hand, and I always have about 20 white candles on hand. And that's just those tiny little tapers, those chime candles. I have bags filled with tea lights, and I don't even know how many of those I have on hand at any one time. It's a bunch. But I'm not hoarding them. I actually use them. I burn them. A lot. Candle magic is one of my favorite systems of magic because it's easy, and it's usually pretty fast. And let's face it, while it's richly satisfying to pour your time, your energy, your thought, and your creativity into a spell or a ritual, most of us have other shit to do, and we can't always give that much time. Not every time, anyway. So sometimes, fast and easy is what wins out. Candle magic is fire magic. That seems like a no-brainer. But fire magic is strong. It can be pretty intense. Envision the roar of a fire in a container, whether it's a fire pit or a fireplace inside your home, even outside in a fire bowl. Have you ever been to a bonfire on a beach? The crackle of the wood, the warmth of the flames with the cool, briny spray from the sea and that scent, unmistakable, of burning pine. 
Have you ever had the purely spiritual experience of dancing around a roaring ritual fire? That is magical. Candle magic is harnessing exactly that magic. The magic of a roaring revel fire, the manifestation of fire-forged enchantment in the form of a small, compact, single flame. It's really, truly the same kind of magic. And while a huge, roaring fire might seem, at first thought, as the bigger form of magic, I find I have a lot more control over the single flame of a spell candle. And while I don't have control over a lot of things in my life, I do have control over my candle magic. And you do too. The basics of candle magic are easy. Light a candle, perform your spell, boom, done. Is there more to it than that? Sort of? The short answer is, yeah, a little. The long answer, however, is why I'm doing this episode today. But let me start off by saying this. If you want to do candle magic, and all you have is a birthday candle, or a pumpkin spice votive candle, or a Yankee Candle Company fresh summer peach, you can still do candle magic. If the spell calls for a purple candle, and all you have is a white candle, you can still do candle magic. If you don't have any chime candles, and all you have is a little tea light candle in an aluminum cup, you can still do candle magic. Your intention is really, truly all that is required to perform any kind of magic. Anybody who says otherwise is either trying to sell you something or trying to make themselves feel superior to you by attempting to make you feel inferior to them. For the purposes of this episode, just remember that all of this stuff, this talk about colors and candles and herbs, it's just trappings. It's not at all necessary. Just remember that while you're listening to this episode. So candle magic can be found in just about every religion in the world, and many religions practice candle lighting for prayers. If you've ever been to Catholic Mass with your grandma, chances are good she took you with her to the candle altar with all those votive candles in the red glass candle cups. You shoved a folded dollar bill and somehow got it through that little tiny coin slot, and your grandma let you pick out the candle lighter stick and light it from a lit candle. She then let you pick out and light a candle of your own for your own purposes, for your grandpa or your aunt or whoever, for whatever reason, while she prayed the rosary there on the kneeling bench in front of those candles. I always really liked that part of Mass, to be honest. So when it came to witchcraft, candle magic was almost a nostalgic comfort. Those experiences lighting candles and praying for favor all seemed very familiar to me. If you've never gone to a Catholic Mass and lit candles with your grandma, chances are good that you've blown out candles on a birthday cake after making a wish, and you've engaged in a form of candle magic by doing so. It might seem like a bit of a stretch, but we all know that making a birthday wish and purposefully blowing out the candles to make that wish come true, that's every bit candle magic. Whatever the need for your spell, there is a candle color for it, starting with a white candle. Let me reiterate that white candles are the substitution for any other color candle you could ever think of. All of the candle colors I'm about to talk about can be subbed with a white candle. On their own, white candles are used for spirituality and for purity. If you're trying to get in touch with your higher self, anoint a white candle with eucalyptus essential oil or camphor essential oil. 
Lavender and rosemary essential oil work well also, especially for seeking peace, comfort, or getting in touch with your higher self and even your shadow self. If you're looking for love, you're gonna want a pink candle. That's if the love you're looking for is romantic love. If you're just looking for some booty, you're gonna want a red candle, but more on red candles in a moment. Back to pink candles for now. To bring romantic love into your life, you'll want a pink candle. While a green candle is great for physical health, pink candles are perfect for emotional healing as well. If you or someone you love is suffering from depression or anxiety or any sort of mental or emotional illness, pink candles are perfect. Pink candles are also what you want to use for friendships, caring, and for self-love and nurturing. Red candles, as I mentioned, are good for when you need a little what what in your life. Manifest lust and sex with a red candle. So it makes sense that a red candle is also the appropriate candle for passion. If you're trying to find or conjure passion, sexual, creative, political, whatever kind of passion, use a red candle. It's also great for quick action and a burst of power. And I'll get to that in just a second. If you need some charisma in your life, red candles are perfect. Orange candles are aligned with success and with celebration. If you're looking to land a great new job, use an orange candle in your magic. It's kind of a blockbuster candle. And by that, I mean a road opener candle. It opens the doors and pathways to opportunities that may have been unavailable to you previously. If there's a promotion you want that has just always seemed a little bit out of reach, an orange candle is the one you're gonna want. If you're putting a bid on a house you wanna buy, use an orange candle in your spell work. I'd also put a green candle in the mix as well for abundance and money. If you're going to court for any reason, an orange candle is what you wanna burn for success and for justice, especially if you're the plaintiff in a court case. A yellow candle is what you'll want to use if you're trying to study for a test. If you're having trouble with schoolwork, with studying or retaining information, use a yellow candle. Anoint your yellow candle with rosemary essential oil or dress it with crushed rosemary for focus and the ability to remember what you need to retain to pass your exams. If you're trying to find some joy, think about the color yellow and how it plays into undoubtedly the happiest card of the entire RWS tarot deck, the sun card. If you need some joy in your life, you can't get any more sunny than a yellow candle. Anoint it with citrus essential oils, lemon or orange, grapefruit. It's also the perfect candle for comfort. If you're licking your wounds from a breakup or grieving the loss or passing of a loved one, or if you've just had the most epic shitty day at work for no particular reason, buy yourself a little comfort with a yellow candle. Green candles are the money candles. If you're trying to manifest money for bills, for an emergency, to save for a vacation, or a new car, for whatever reason, you're gonna want green candles. Green candles are all about abundance and growth, growing your bank account, your family, your business. If you're trying to get pregnant, if you want children, a candle spell with a green candle is perfect. If you're hoping to adopt a child, do a candle spell with a green candle and an orange candle for success. Pair the two together. If you're doing candle spell work for healing, for yourself or anyone else, light a green candle, anoint your candle with some eucalyptus essential oil, and roll the candle in powdered chamomile for a little extra healing magic. Here's a pro tip for quick cash. 
A green candle anointed with patchouli essential oil, rolled in crushed or powdered allspice and cloves to manifest money as soon as possible. If you're an artist or a writer or a podcaster, blue candles should be your go-to for inspiration and for creativity. If you're struggling with communication, whether it's with your spouse or partner or partners, your family, your boss, or even if you feel like you're having a rough time getting your point across lately to anybody, a blue candle is what you'll want to reach to to open up those channels of communication and that throat chakra. If you're writing a thesis, if you're seeking inspiration for your next artistic endeavor, do your candle spell with a blue candle. If you're trying to increase your abilities as a medium or as a psychic, use a purple candle. If you're looking to influence someone's decision in a matter or their opinion, use a purple candle. Remember what I told you about orange candles and success. If you're trying to influence someone's decision in a matter, maybe that's a court case, burn a purple candle and an orange candle. If you're planning a vision quest or if you're seeking ancient wisdom or the answer to secrets or hidden knowledge or just to speak to your ancestors, a purple candle should be your go-to candle. If it's psychic abilities you're lighting a purple candle for, light a silver candle as well. Crush some anise seed to a powder and anoint the silver candle with peppermint essential oil. Then roll it in the anise seed to really increase your psychic abilities, to sharpen your intuition and to give yourself prophetic dreams. Gold candles will amplify the happiness and joy of a yellow candle. You can burn a gold candle instead of a yellow candle for happiness and joy as well. Gold candles will also amplify the abundance of a green candle for money spells, abundance and growth, specifically money and wealth. You can forego the green candle if you don't have one and just roll with a gold candle or vice versa. Black candles have a bad reputation for being used in baneful magic. And while they are indeed used in baneful magic, they're also used in warding off negativity for banishings, for protections and in bindings. They're used in exercising spirits from a house or from anywhere they're unwanted. And I think we all know that they're used for calling spirits forth for things like seances, spirit board communications, and ancestral work. Though personally, I'd probably also light a white candle for the ancestral work. They can be grumpy. Here's my favorite candle magic secret weapon. Take a red candle, powdered ginger, and crushed powdered dragon's blood. Roll that candle in the dragon's blood and the powdered ginger for fast action and powerful candle magic. It's kind of like a hemi for candle magic. Generally, candle spells follow the same timing as any other spells for manifesting, attracting, or gaining. The new moon is optimal, but the waxing is also appropriate. Yada, yada, yada. You don't have to wait for the moon if you need it sooner than that. Remember that. Patience might be a virtue, but magic is about intent. So use what you've got when you need it. If it's your thing to do your spells by the planetary and lunar correspondences, I admire your discipline. My friend Cedar Stevens is completely by the grid where witchcraft is concerned. I've always been totally in awe of her prowess as a correspondence crafter. We talked about that on episode eight, Sacred Herbalism. 
My point is that not unlike using a white candle as a substitute for any other color of candle, you can cast your candle magic spell on any day of the week, under any phase of the moon, and in any planetary position. It's really okay. It's the intent. If you have every magical tool you could ever imagine, every last accoutrement you could think of, it wouldn't make a difference without the intent to power it. If you want to perform a candle spell, there are only a few things you'll need, and only a few things you'll need to do. As I mentioned before, this is one of the quickest and easiest ways to cast a spell. You are going to need a candle, and this is important, you're going to need something to light it with. Honestly, it doesn't matter if it's a lighter, a match, or another candle. It doesn't matter. You need a candle holder as well that is safe, level, and heat-proof. You need whatever your intention is going to be, whether it's written down on a piece of paper or a petition, or just in your little noggin. Make sure to have your intention available to you. If you're using any essential oils, anointing oils, herbs, resins, crystals, whatever, and you're going to need something to carve into your candle with, and that can be your athame, that can be a toothpick, a pencil, or a safety pen. I can fit more on a candle with a safety pin. This carving part is, of course, optional. You certainly don't have to do it. Set up the space where you're going to be doing your candle magic. If that means for you casting a circle, then do that. Just do whatever you normally do before you do spell work. At the very least, you probably want to cleanse the area of negativity before you start doing anything. Get all of your tools gathered together and get them all in the place that you're going to need them. You'll want to dress your candle now. If you're using any corresponding essential oils, herbs, or resins, now is the time to apply them in whatever way you want. If you're looking for a new way to dress your candles, I'll describe my favorite way here in a minute or two. Dressing also includes inscribing any sigils or target words into your candle now as well. While you're dressing your candle, regardless of whatever you're doing, Just keep your intent going strong in your mind. Speak it aloud, pray it, whatever you would like to do. When you're done with your candle dressing, consecrate your candle to the work you want it to do. If you're unsure how to do this, just speak to your deity or your ancestors, or even write to your candles. Something like, I consecrate this candle to manifest my intent. You can even speak the intent if you want to do so. When you light the candle, just use whatever you would normally use to light a candle. I use a long candle lighter, normally. For rituals, sometimes, I use a match just because it's wood. You can also use another candle. It really doesn't matter. Do what you're comfortable doing and what feels the most poignant to you. When you light your candle, state your intent out loud. Remember, this is literally the only part of your spell that is totally necessary and that's your intent. So speak it, and speak it with conviction. This is the part that counts. When your candle has caught fire, start chanting your intent. It doesn't have to be the exact same wording as when you declared your intent. If you find it's easier to chant with different but still similar wording, then do that. Just make sure your intent itself stays the same. If you normally raise energy in your spell work, that's what you're doing, chanting. You're raising energy to power your candle magic. 
So do that, raise energy until you feel like you've raised enough energy, then disperse it in the way you normally do. After you've released your energy, meditate on the candle's flame for a moment or two or three, visualizing your intent coming to fruition. Ideally, you'd let the candle burn until it's burned out on its own. That's not always possible to do, and I know that. If you're unable to let it burn until it's burned itself out, you can extinguish the candle's flame. Regardless of whether or not you snuff it out with a candle snuffer, or if you pinch out the flame because you're a badass, or if you blow the candle out, just do it with respect. You can either light the candle again every night until it burns itself out completely while reiterating your intent each time you light the wick. That's the first thing you can do. The other thing you can do is to just never light it again. It's done. You can bury the candle stub. You can keep it in a box. You can just leave it on a shelf. But just don't reuse it for another reason. That's no good. But that's also my rule. So if your particular methodology dictates differently, then just you do you. But my rule is I never use a candle again if I've blown it out for a spell. If you cast a circle, don't forget to close up your circle and release anybody who you invited to attend when you're done. Speaking about blowing out candles, I will never forget reading in Scott Cunningham's words, I believe it was from Wicca for the Solitary Practitioner, way back in some of the earliest days of walking my path. I'm paraphrasing here, but it was something like, Blowing out a candle is an affront to the element of fire. I don't know why that stuck with me like it did all these years. I lived that rule, never blew out a candle again, until about 12 years ago. I, without thinking, just blew out a candle after a ritual. The ritual had been really powerful. So after blowing out the candle, then sort of gasping and, oh shit, I realized there was really nothing disrespectful about having blown out the candle that I had just created some really beautiful magic with using my own powerful energy. It was okay. So I'll repeat, you do you. Do what you do. However you're doing it, you're probably not doing it wrong. Dressing candles is something I always do, and it really helps me in my ability to visualize and to set an intention with that all-important conviction that I mentioned a moment ago. I also mentioned I'd tell you about my favorite way to dress a candle. It's a little more involved than just rubbing essential oil and herbs on a candle, but I think it packs quite a bit more of a punch, at least for me. So here it is. This method uses either a votive candle or what I normally use, a chime candle. They're also called spell candles. They're available at almost all witchy shops and all over the place online. They're just little tiny five inch tapers. So you know what I'm talking about using here. I like to empower my herbs and my resins, as well as the essential oils I'll be using, if I'm using any, and I usually do. The solids go into a mortar and pestle, and I'll crush them into the finest grind I can. If you are not using a mortar and pestle, you can use the back of a large spoon to crush most things. Some things might be a little bit more difficult. I'll then mix the essential oil in with the crushed solids and just empower the whole thing using my fingers. I'll sprinkle that whole mix onto a plate or some wax paper or parchment. The next part is the part that might seem like a lot of work, but to me it's worth it. I soften the candle's wax a little bit, 
Now you can either put a layer of foil on a baking sheet or baking pan, or you can just use an aluminum pie tin. Heat that in the oven until it's relatively hot. Doesn't have to be flaming hot. Pull it out safely and then roll the candle on the hot aluminum pan or foil lined baking pan. Immediately roll the candle in the herbs and the oil, pressing as you roll so the herbs and oil stick to the softened, melting wax on the outside of the candle. You can just lay it down and let it dry at that point or put it in a charm candle holder. You can also boil some water in a pot or in a tea kettle, pour it into something heat proof like a tall coffee cup, and dip the candle into the very hot water several times until it's soft enough to pick up the candle dressing for your candle if it's pressed into the solid dressing. Once it's dried and all set, you can use it immediately or you can save it for later. If you're worried about the dressing coming off before you perform your candle spell, you can coat the whole candle with molten wax. This is what I like to do. You can do this by dipping it if you're a candle making type person with a melting pot, but you can also just melt a tea light candle. Melt that candle right there in its tin foil cup, and then pour it over the dressed candle from the wick end down to sort of put the icing on the cake, so to speak. It should keep all that dressing in place until you're ready to use it. Yeah, it's more work, of course. And yeah, I'm a little bit extra. But I like the way it looks, and it seems to work really well for me. Even though candle magic itself is so simple, it is without a doubt one of the most effective, powerful forms of magic that you can practice. Even the most simple of candle spells is more powerful than you might think. I mentioned chime candles, those little five-inch spell candles that come in nearly every color imaginable, but other candles can be used very successfully for candle magic spell work. When I mentioned carving into a chime candle with something small and sharp, you can also carve into votive candles on their sides with more surface area for larger symbols or words or sigils. And if you're really into glitter, you can rub glitter into the recesses from what you carved out of your candle. I'm not a glitter witch at all, but if it's your thing, that's cool. Just keep it on your side of the playground. Tall tapers are also great for the same purpose. Though they do take a while to burn, so just consider that in your spellcasting plans. But that might be good if you wanted to do a candle spell where you burn the candles every night for, say, half an hour or for a full moon cycle. You can also burn novena candles. They're those candles in the tall glass jars. I buy the smaller ones that are little shorty novenas in smaller glass jars, but they're still very slender. They're also about five inches tall and you can always reuse the glass candle jar. Novenas are one of my favorite candles to use, especially for a time-released candle spell. Seven knob or seven day candles are for one week long candle spells. You generally burn down one knob from the candle each day or night for a full week to bring your candle spell to fruition. There are all sorts of figurine candles too. You may have seen a candle shaped like lovers with a male figure and a female figure. Those are awesome, if not exactly representative of all romantic relationships. You can also buy pyramid candles with crystals and stones embedded in them, heart-shaped candles, phallus candles, a dick candle, if you will. Uh, you can buy yoni candles, a pussy candle, which would be used in many conjure rituals and spells. You can also, as I mentioned, use tea lights successfully in your candle spells. They're not really my preference, but they work really well. 
You probably won't be dressing the sides of a tea light candle because they're so shallow, but you can definitely dress the top and the wick of your tea light candle. Rub the essential oil on the top with a finger, either Jeschel or Wittershins, depending on your intent. If you're interested in empowering spell candles that aren't just the sort of one-time, one-use, small votive candle, chime candle, or tea light, it's not difficult to empower a multiple-use spell candle. You just have to know what you want to use it for. For instance, if you want a multiple-use candle that you can empower to help you retain information that you're studying every time you light it, you can use a Novena candle, one of the taller ones in the glass jars. You don't need to dress it with herbs and oils unless you really want to, and just do it on the top of the candle. Go sparingly, though, otherwise it can cause the wax to pool and flood out the wick. You'll want to consecrate it to your intent, like the example of studying that I gave. So you'd keep this candle in your study space, if you're able, and you'd light it before each study session. Label the candle with your intent. Write it in Sharpie, or even better, paint marker. Inscribe it with sigils. Listen to episode 23 for information on how to create your own sigils. Or inscribe it with symbols, power words, runes, whatever you feel you need to inscribe it with for your intent. You can paint the entire outside of the candle glass if you'd like. That puts some pretty powerful energy into your candle. Each time you light it, State your intention out loud to your candle and gently, respectfully, remind your candle of the consecration you performed. You can also pour your own candles, if you have the desire or the inclination, into your old Novena candle jars or into repurposed metal tins that you've cleaned out. Those make them portable. Wicks can be purchased for super cheap at Michael's and plenty of online shops that sell candle making supplies. But still, if you prefer to go the pre-made route, and there's nothing wrong with that, you can really get a lot of mileage out of a tall Novena candle. If you practice sex magic, and I'm planning a podcast on sex magic not long from now, make yourself and your partner or partners a sexy fun time sex magic candle. Consecrate it so that it's your personal assistant, so that every time you have sex, you can put your candle to use. Raise your energy through sex and work your magic every chance you get. <clears throat> Bunny ears around magic. Every time you head to the bedroom to get down to business, light your sex magic candle. Make it part of your foreplay. And I, I mean lighting the candle, that part. I'm not judging or kink shaming just god be careful with your exposed bits around a candle flame and hot wax also make sure to get the consent of your partners and let them know what you're doing even if it doesn't concern them the intent it does concern them because they're working toward it too so just make sure to get consent then light that candle and get to casting your sex magic spell you minx and hey, guess what else? You can practice solo sex magic with just as much success as with a partner or partners. Get it. Get on after it. Use crystals and stones in your candles if you'd like a little extra something something. Put a rose quartz in your sexy fun time candle to increase the romantic love in your life. Put a carnelian in the same candle to really get the lusty passion going. And since most Novena candles come in just about every color you could imagine, you can also use a corresponding color Novena candle for whatever your long-term, multiple-use candle is consecrated for. You can always use a clear quartz to substitute for any other stone. And remember, you can use a white candle to substitute 
for any other color candle. And the most important thing to take away from all of this is that if you have none of these things, not even a white tea light candle, all you really ever need to cast a spell, any spell of any kind, is your intention. But sometimes, pretty things that catch on fire make that intention easier for some of us who occasionally run low on creativity. There's a brand new podcast every Wednesday. And as always, if you have questions or comments about this or any other episode of this podcast, or if there's a topic you'd like to hear about on a future episode, just hit that message button on the Anchor app or on the Anchor webpage from your web browser. You might hear yourself on an upcoming podcast. Stay at home. Wash your hands. Don't touch your face. I hope you never hunger and I hope you never thirst. As above, so below. Thanks for listening. If you liked it, tell a friend and subscribe. I'm Molly Dyer. This is Witchcraft Off the Beaten Path.